This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. June the 8th, 2023. Did you know June the 8th is Fatty Liver Awareness Day? And we're joined by one of the uh, one of the best liver doctors in the Taz and Jim listening area and beyond. Dr. Paul Murata is on the line. Do I say happy fatty liver day, doctor, or... <laughs> Well, if it raises the awareness, I think we'll accept that. Mary Fatty Liver Mary. Day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, how common is a fatty liver in the population? Yeah, well, this is the issue. Uh, fatty liver is, well, the most common liver disease out there now, and it's really because of the number of risk factors that leads to fatty liver, namely type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, people above their their ideal body weight. So as you can imagine, with just those three criteria, there's a lot of potential fatty liver, but the disease part, thankfully, is in relatively few. Okay, because you can, without any of those other factors, you can still develop a fatty liver, correct? Correct. I think what we're trying to divide is clearly when someone says they think they might have liver disease or fatty liver disease, the knee-jerk reaction is that it's from alcohol. Mm-hmm. And clearly that is not the case. Alcohol has its own, its own criteria for alcohol-related liver disease. This is non-alcoholic liver disease. So we do take the alcohol out of it and we're left with these other metabolic risk factors, namely the type 2 diabetes, which really drives this condition. And because that condition is growing in popularity, fatty liver disease is growing in popularity. The number of people with cirrhosis is doubling. And what we're now seeing is a very high increase in liver cancer. Probably the one number one cancer that is going up is liver cancer. A lot of our other cancers, colon cancer, breast cancer, are all coming down. Hmm. Liver cancer is not, and it's mostly because of this condition. What would some warning signs be that you may be dealing with a fatty liver? Well, here's the challenge. There are none. Um, Great. Liver disease, I tell people, <laughs> it's like walking towards the edge of a cliff. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine, and suddenly you're not fine. We would like to get people, as they get closer to that cliff, that they don't know how close they are, to maybe reverse the process and get them walking backwards. Yeah, because that's, that's the good news, forward, right? The, the liver is one of our organs that will regenerate. Yeah, before you get too, you know, too far into the disease process, it is very reversible. And you're right, that is one of the happy notes about this. How do you find out if you do have a problem with your liver then, if, you, if you're not noticing any symptoms? Well, sometimes, uh, well, there are potentially some symptoms, but they're very common and not specific to the disease. So people have some right upper quadrant discomfort, um, maybe fatigue would be part of this. They might see their physician who does a battery of tests that their liver blood test might be a little off. Uh, that stimulates maybe an ultrasound of the abdomen, and the ultrasound will see, geez, you got a little bit of fatty liver there, but we can't tell if there's any true disease or damage. And that's when we do these other non-invasive scans of the livers, which give us an idea of, you know, do you or do you not have fibrosis or damage? And we can categorize you then by you're in trouble or you're not. And that's sort of how we use some of our newer newer testing. Well, what's the deal with Ozempic, this diabetes medicine that people are taking now to lose weight? Apparently it stops all cravings, all sorts of cravings. I don't know if it's yeah, true. It, 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 it is true. I mean, it has multiple mechanisms, but one of the main things is it decreases your appetite, and particularly for carbohydrates, which is sort of the 
the backbone of this problem, right? Eating carbs, eating carbs, eating carbs is our problem, sugars. So it does reduce that, and therefore your overall caloric intake goes down. It's a, it's a diabetic medicine, so for type 2 diabetes, it brings those their A1Cs or their sugars down, controls their urges, as you say. So it does work. People lose weight. Um, and now you can see the craze about it. Some people without diabetes right, are, are wanting it as a weight loss product. It is, it is a weight loss product. There's others that are coming down the pipeline specifically for this condition. There's no formal drug therapy for fatty liver right now, but it is coming either directly or indirectly. And that's why some of these testings we're doing is really identifying those patients perhaps most at risk who would most benefit from something like this. And then, then they go to the drugstore and they can't get any Ozempic because all the celebrities are taking it to exactly. stay skinny. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I, I, I didn't know this was a real thing. I thought this was a, something you saw on TV shows and movies, but apparently in North America, there was over 5,300 postal workers attacked by dogs last year. Hmm. That's a lot. But... Yeah, I guess, I guess, I, I don't know, because in, in America, I feel like you see a lot more fenced-in front yards. You know what I mean? Like where they have the front gate that goes right to the sidewalk. Yeah. Because most people in Canada have the backyard fenced off, and the post office guy does not go back there. This is from the U.S. Postal Service. They say 5,300 of their employees were attacked last year, and that's good news because it's down from 2021 when there was 5,400 dog attacks reported. Uh, California and Texas, the top states where people are being attacked by dogs. Uh, Number one city is Houston, Texas. Cleveland was number one a year ago, but it's dropped to fourth place this time. Uh, the dog pound <laughs> cheering on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> That's how it works. Eh? Not attacking the uh, uh, the mailmen or the male women hmm. down there in the U.S. There must be some dogs that absolutely love mailmen, though. Like as their postal workers are walking around, there must be some dogs who are good dogs and getting pet, and then male people probably love them. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Pictures from New York City, the hellscape, with uh, with all that smoke, and you had that orange kind of hue. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner 2049 look. I saw in Times Square there was a billboard for the new Diablo video game, mm-hmm. and someone said, this is viral marketing gone too far, because in the background it looked like the sky was hell. Yeah, and the billboard says, welcome to hell, New York. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. a little too on the nose, <laughs> Blizzard Entertainment. Canada really getting the blame by our American neighbors for the air quality down there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for years, the Detroit auto factory was wafting over here. It's a little give and take. We're sorry, eh? <laughs> We're sorry. I, I did see a lot of uh, people going back and forth. Some saying, hey, well, people are up here losing their homes. Be a little more compassionate, America. But then at the same time, Americans are like, okay, well... We understand that. We feel bad for anyone who is affected by the wildfires. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we can't be concerned about our uh, parents who are in nursing homes with breathing problems or our asthmatic children. 
It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine to be also, compassionate across the board. Uh, yeah, it's also <laughs> a crazy visual. So to be like posting about it, saying this is nuts, and you know, trying to find out where it came from is a reasonable <laughs> response as well. Yeah, there's some people though suggesting that they get a big saw out and we uh, they cut the United States off of Canada, just like Bugs Bunny, to get away from us. Yeah, I yeah. think that was the. <laughs> The cartoon I saw somebody post. <laughs> and then it floats away on the ocean, right? Yeah, that'll solve works. everyone's problems. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Sad news. The WWE Hall of Famer has passed away at age 81. We are going to talk to our pal Mark from Fresh Radio. He's the biggest wrestling fan we know about the Iron Sheik's uh, wrestling career. Uh, in recent history... I became a huge fan of the Sheik on Twitter. He yeah. had one of the funniest Twitter accounts out there. Never broke character, constantly caps locks. Like he, I don't know if he lived his life like that guy his entire life, but it cer- certainly seemed like it. Well, I read an article yesterday, and uh, you're probably going to be as disappointed as don't I am, Jim. Tell me. Uh, Sheik wasn't right in his own tweet. Why? Why must you say this? Because he was like a pioneer in my mind of Twitter. He was one of the first celebrities to like embrace Twitter wholeheartedly. Just ripping on that jabroni Hulk Hogan yeah. nonstop, or any pop culture thing. It does make sense if it wasn't him, because it'd be like. Uh, Kyle from Dancing with the Stars is a jabroni, you know? And you'd be like, is Iron Sheik really watching Dancing with the Stars? Maybe he wasn't. So he was up on too much pop culture? That was the Every red flag there? Every pop culture thing he was tweeting about. Yeah, more than the average 81-year-old man, for yeah. sure. Uh, who knows? Maybe, hopefully, to honor the Sheik, they will continue with the Iron Sheik Twitter page. I don't like it. That's like when they want to make uh, actors AI after they die. I, I, it's not if it, if it wasn't him in the first place. I, now I'm I'm all discombobulated. I don't even know what to think because last <laughs> night I tweeted like, "Oh, he still got it." Because somebody, the Iron Sheik, tweeted out, "Whoever let the dogs out can go f themselves." In all caps, just fun tweets from yeah, the old man. That's you know? a good one. And I was like, even like an hour before he died, he was still tweeting out nonsense. But if it wasn't him, then I don't know what to think anymore. Taz, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. <laughs> this is what I read it yesterday. I was disappointed as well because yeah. I, you know, I pictured the Iron Sheik yeah. with his smartphone in his hands, thinking, "Oh, that's a good one." <laughs> <laughs> Eating chips on the couch yeah. and then drinking just beer, hitting send. Aww. But uh, apparently, he didn't write his own tweets. They definitely captured his spirit, though. And we'll talk more about the Iron Sheik and his wrestling career again with Mark LaBelle. Another wrestling legend gone. The Iron Sheik passed away yesterday at 81 years old. Talk about his wrestling legacy. We had to bring in Mark LaBelle, who works at our sister station, Fresh Radio. He's also... The biggest wrestling fan we know. Mark, the Iron Sheik is gone. 
Oh, sad, sad day, fellas. Uh, yeah, what, like this guy's an absolute legend, like, right? He was one of those guys that I was fortunate enough to meet him a handful of times, actually. Really? A handful? Yeah, yeah. It seems like everywhere I was, Sheik was for a few years there for some reason. Like, where would you bump into the Iron Sheik? The first time I think I met Tim him Hortons? was at yeah, Gibraltar, actually, is where it was. The first time, yeah. The Oh, the weekend market in London. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day when I was a kid. And then uh, I met him in Kingston one time. Uh, and the guy really, like, could command a room. Like, I don't know what it was about him. I've, I've met a ton of wrestlers, as you know, because I'm, you know, that mm-hmm. guy. And you walk in there, and it was like, it was almost like people were peering around the corner, like, there he is. Well, because he is a big dude, and he never breaks character. Yeah. So, like, you'll see Mick Foley or The Undertaker in real life, and they're nice dudes, and they, you know, they talk normally, but he was always that guy. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. And I remember asking him for a picture uh, after he sa- so he signed my championship belt and asked for a picture and he just looks at me and like it was like he was staring right through me and he was like no <laughs> better than a picture it's <laughs> like, he's like get out of line here I guess we've got a line up of people so uh, I did end up getting a picture with him at, at another point in time but yeah I so mean, he, he said no and he wasn't kidding no like he was serious he's so, always the heel yeah exactly <laughs> he's like I don't, maybe if I would have thrown him a, a few bucks maybe but uh, yeah and I mean, it's such a place in history, this guy. I mean, this is where uh, Hulkamania started, right? Hulk right. Hogan dropped the leg on him, won the championship, and then, you know, it was skyrocketing from there. And He's so that's one why of he the OGs, for sure. I mean, you think back, you know, Captain Lou Albano, Hulk yep. Hogan, Iron Sheik, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Definitely in that group. Those are the wrestlers that, the rubber figure wrestlers of for my sure, childhood. Yeah. And he was one of those guys who just never went away. He was on the Jerry Springer show in the 90s. <laughs> He's all over really? Twitter up until, you know, like he his was death huge here. on Twitter, although Jim and I were very disappointed to find out that he didn't write his own tweets. I think he had a little help there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. Like, yeah. this is more tragic to me than finding out wrestling is fake. <laughs> we don't say that word, Jim, but I know what you mean. Is uh, script, I don't even know how to not piss off wrestling. Predetermined. Fans, yeah. But uh, this is devastating. To me. The Rock actually posted something very touching about the Iron Sheik. Let's listen to this. When I first came in to the WWE, uh, the Iron Sheik had pulled me aside because, again, uh, you know, he was family. And he said, Baba, let me tell you something. He said, um, he had this great accent. He said, you come into the locker room, you sit down, you shut your mouth, you don't say anything, and you just watch and you learn. And then... He said, and then you understand who the good people and who the jabronis. <laughs> and then, by the way, as simplistic as that sounded, it was true. I sat there every night in the locker room. I'd shut my mouth and I'd just watch and I'd learn. And of course, a couple of years later, when I became The Rock, I borrowed the term jabroni, you know. And The Rock says, you jabroni, shut your mouth and know your role. Oh, I use that word, that jabroni. And by the way, jabroni became a fixture in lexicon. I believe it's in the Webster's Dictionary now, and they give me credit for it. No, no, no. The truth is, all the credit goes to the Iron Sheik. So, The Rock stole Jabroni from the Iron Sheik. Absolutely, yeah. Actually, uh, Iron Sheik shows up on Young Rock, his show. He was good friends with the family. Uh, one other quick story I want to mention, because he's famous for this one in the wrestling world, him and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you remember him, right? Two by four, man. Yeah, yeah. They got pulled over at the border, 
Um, and now they were riding together. They weren't supposed to be together because one was a good guy and one was a bad guy, right? And they had some uh, extracurricular activities, a bunch of things in the car. Uh-oh. So, you know, it became a whole big deal, and they got in huge trouble. Hacksaw, I think, for the years and years, blamed Sheik for that's why he wasn't world champion because they got caught there. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the rivalry continued for years. So. <laughs> Iron Sheik planted cocaine on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Is that what I'm understanding yeah, here? That's a, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, he had, uh, I don't know what gave him the strength that he had, but he had a few things in his pocket there, always traveling with him. So. Rest in peace to the greatest jabroni of all time, the Iron Sheik. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim has just posted a uh, picture on our social media pages. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before, but it is. I would not want to be on the bottom in this situation. Yes, we've talked about this before, but it was like an artist rendition of the new setup that airplane seats are going to be potentially uh, formulated in the future. But this is the an actual example, a physical example a in real life of what they would look like yeah. uh, moving forward, potentially to squeeze more people into an airplane. Yeah, or give you more leg room, I think would be... I, get, I don't th- think that's, that's the, the point. selling feature though because you do have more more leg room if you're on the bottom but you are getting farts in your face right <laughs> that's the trade off cuz yes. if you're up top you can't have more leg room cuz your feet are going to be hitting the back of someone's head True, true, yes. And you can kind of see what two sets of seats would look like. So yes, the person up top does not have leg room. So it's basically, if you haven't seen it before, it's two seats in front of each other, but they're staggered. So one is higher than the other, and that your feet can go below the other ones. But literally, your face is a foot and a half away from someone's butt. And the separated, crack of their seat. Separated by the seat. Separated by the seat, but there's like it's not uh, there's not a big glass. Like I don't I want I want a full partition where nothing no air can get through because it's just <laughs> like a normal seat, like where there is a gap between the backrest and the butt rest. <laughs> the the uh, uh, caption Jim p- posted here: Red eye flights are about to become pink eye flights. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Because if that's the same price, because you, wait, you are a tall guy, Taz. Yeah. So you probably prioritize leg room over. No, I'd no? rather not get my face farted in. Some people like it. I, I you seem like the type who might be into it. <laughs> I'm not huffing farts for more <laughs> leg room. I'll go up top anytime. Because one guy says it. Luke Despard says that leg room though. Scuba yeah. goggles should be fine. <laughs> well, you might need the snorkel too. <laughs> scuba goggles, snorkels, and you know what? I think I'm going to wear my N95 mask. <laughs> Even though the pandemic is officially over, I'm still going to wear a mask here. Uh, ha, ha, ha. I feel sorry for the person who has to sit behind me on a flight. I have bad gas on a good day, says Justin. Imagine heading back from a weekend in Vegas. Yeah. Just abusing your body and sitting on the upper decker. Sure, sure. Or any flight where you're coming back from, uh, like, Mexico and you're eating authentic <laughs> Mexican food and drinking the local water. Oh, no yeah. thanks. Montezuma's revenge. Person <laughs> behind you. Yikes. <laughs> Someone posted a uh, picture. Remember the Simpsons? <laughs> When they had the double-decker outhouse? Yeah, yeah. And the guy <laughs> in the bottom is like, oh, God! <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Yeah. If you want to see the picture and leave your comments, Taz and Jim on Facebook, you can see it there now. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
kind of felt bad. We were just talking to a uh, liver doctor, uh, Paul Murata, about uh, Fatty Liver Day, and he was saying <laughs> that one of the things that has contributed to the increase of cases of fatty liver is the uh, addiction to carbs. Mm-hmm that society has and as soon as that segment ended i continued to finish my everything bagel with herb and garlic cream cheese (laughs) (laughs) maybe ozempic is for me (laughs) if it works it works (laughs) jim's trying to convince me you should give it a try taz why not not there's never any uh repercussions from diet pills have you seen uh jesse plemons he's he was the psycho redneck guy on breaking bad he was in Fargo. He's married to Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, some people were calling him Fat Damon because yeah, he yeah. kind of looks like Matt Damon, and he had gained a lot of weight since Breaking Bad. Well, the rumor is he's on the Ozempic, and now he's like half the size that he was two years ago. He does look skinny, and uh, good, good, good for him if that was the goal. But a lot of these Ozempic things I've been seeing, it... It shows what your face looks like when you're on Ozempic, and it does like slim you out almost to an extreme degree. Like it can give you almost like sunken features, and that unfortunately is kind of what he looks like now. Maybe his head's a little too big for his body now. And it's and it, it kind of ages them. Like sometimes when you get skinny real quick, your face maybe it's just a shock to 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 what I'm used to. But he looks like um, almost unhealthy. And when I'm seeing with these Ozempic posts, they always show the person's face after, and it looks like they're unhealthy skinny. It's like deflating a balloon. Yeah, and the wrinkles like your your cheekbones are a little too defined. Your face is kind of sunken, and I don't want to chirp them or anything, but. Um, I, I think sometimes you can lose weight too fast and your body doesn't know how to like keep your elasticity of your skin up. Some people look better with a little little weight on them is what you're saying? I think Am I, I th- one of those people? Just, Please say. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want another sandwich from Timmy's? Um, no, there's a happy medium, I think, or like a slow you don't want to lose the weight too fast, I think is the move. Okay. Because then your face, your face is still, the skin is still stretched, so you got to slow it down. Yeah, I think working out and dieting is probably, if you're not doing that, then maybe try that first before you talk to your doctor about Ozempic. Mm-hmm. Keeps everything tightened up. See if that uh, does the trick, but you go for the quick fix, and usually in the long run, it doesn't pay off. Yeah, yeah, it's not a lifestyle change that you need. Well, hopefully Jesse's happy and he's healthier than he was. We don't know. I don't but, but even there's know. Already a skinny I don't even Matt know Damon. if he, I don't even know. <laughs> like the market, how many skinny Matt Damons we need? One skinny, now he's one, super one skinny. One. He's <laughs> even skinnier than Matt Damon. Now Matt Damon is fat. Matt Damon. How'd that work? <laughs> kind of felt like that's what we were doing yesterday with those pictures from New York City, the hellscape with uh, with all that smoke and. He had that orange kind of hue. Blade Runner 2049 look. I saw in Times Square there was a billboard for the new Diablo video game. Mm -hmm. And someone said, this is viral marketing gone too far. Because in the background, it looked like the sky was hell. Yeah. And the billboard says, welcome to hell, New York. (laughs) Okay. A little too on the nose, (laughs) Blizzard Entertainment. (laughs) 
Um, it is going to possibly rain today. Uh, will that be a good thing for the smoke in the air? Hopefully. Uh, not a ton of rain. We're going to have to wait until Monday for a real rain day, but uh, a bit of precipitation is expected later on today with sunny skies through the weekend and then Monday. They're saying we should get some rain, which I'm sure a lot of people are excited to hear. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, by the way, if you're wondering uh, why he wasn't in, he's off sick today. He's hoping he'll be back tomorrow. He'll be happy, though, because he's predicted uh, the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA final, uh, and they took the lead last night. They're now up 2-1 over the Miami Heat. Nice. Jamal Murray, Kitchener-Waterloo boy. He uh, got a triple-double last night. Had a boy. Yeah. This is great. I put money down on, on the Nuggets to win. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. 40 bucks. 40? I feel confident. That's a big bet for Jim Kelly. I know. I've been on a Jokic uh, uh, rabbit hole, I guess. Like Every night I'll be watching just compilations of Jokic play because he's in- a really interesting guy to watch. He got he a triple-double last night, too. Yeah, he's obviously back-to-back MVP. He's amazing. 40 bucks pays what? Because they were the favorites going into it. Uh, let's see. Do you get at I least? I think it's almost double. At least thirty. It's almost double. I need the Panthers to win the NHL. I have one my one Florida. Oh, team. you parlayed this thing. Yeah, and I put them together here, so it pays like I. I think I make like seventy <laughs> bucks or something if it hits. Well, here ain't a little tough on the Florida bet there, I buddy. I know. I know this one's not looking as good. <laughs> yeah. They're down two zero, but I believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, with a game tonight, mm-hmm. uh, Vegas leads that series. The other big sports story yesterday, we were talking about this, the merger with Live Golf and the PGA. Rory McIlroy spoke to the media about it yesterday. He's getting ready for the Canadian Open, and he took the high road, kind of. He says he still hates Live Golf, but the merger ultimately will be good for the sport. Okay. <laughs> Less competition, I guess. I mean, but in terms of, uh, you know, how he just got screwed over, I'd say that's the high road. I hate you completely, but it'll be good for the sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they offered him like uh, 400 it? mil, I think. Yeah. Something almost ridiculous. Half, half a billion dollars. Yeah. He turned it down to show his loyalty to the PGA and then yeah. basically got backstabbed, but he's saying that this will be good for golf in the long run Hmm. we'll see i'd rather it be good for my bank account personally (laughs) the nice thing is it's not like that was rory's only opportunity in his life to make money and he's already already got some yeah he's set for life but now your buddies are more set and that's got to make a guy mad you know the rich guys yeah you know it'll also uh, make for some good storylines though Mm. when the live golfers are back playing against the pga guys who didn't take the cash Uh huge news in the world of football or soccer as some people call it yesterday jim uh messy you told uh, just after the show you told me hey messi's going to miami Mm -hmm. which is huge for mls soccer in north america yeah that's the North American League. He was playing in Paris for PSG, uh, a separate league, obviously. And then before that, he's playing in Barcelona for years and years. But the the last I heard, he was supposed to play in Saudi Arabia, their huge league, which is popping off because they have so much money. Ronaldo's playing there on a different team. Yeah, yeah. And they were going to pay... Arch rivals. Yeah, sure. The two greatest of the generation. Uh, and then they are going to pay Messi an outrageous amount of money. So what Miami is offering him must be must be a ton of money. And I was kind of reading a little bit about it. I don't know what his 
salary will be, be be necessarily for for his performance for a year for the team, but he's now getting a kickback from uh, all their Adidas merchandise sales, and he's also going to uh, get like uh, a kickback from their Apple MLS PayPass thing that they're starting up, some subscription thing that Miami is going to start and the rest of the league is going to start. So he's going to be making a bunch of money on the back end that's going to be super lucrative too. So okay. he's, this is like a future well, business decision. Clearly he's going to be making lots of money. He yeah, but it's just an interesting he's precedent. Not, he's not doing it because he loves the Will Smith song. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, of all the city, Miami is an amazing city, and it's like an international city, yeah. you know. And it feels kind of European, kind of South American. So uh, it's a hot commodity for for athletes. Uh, as far as I mean, LeBron went there. Everybody wants to play in Miami. Yeah, weather's pretty nice too. So they say down there. We were down in in Florida, and I, we were at a outdoor patio bar, and one of the uh, Inter Miami games had just let out, and everyone came in in their jerseys. They got cool jerseys like pink they got flamingos on the logo mm-hmm. i like the jerseys <laughs> i think gonna Ma- messy jersey messy's gonna look good I'm, he's gonna sell a lot of them that's yeah, for yeah. sure uh so look at this the average ticket price uh the sorry the cheapest ticket for inter miami's july 21st match before signing messi was 29 dollars so on monday you could buy a ticket to this upcoming game for 29 dollars now the cheapest ticket is $467. Oh, my God. It sucks to be the fan who is actually into yeah. the team itself, not it, just Messi. It rules to be the fan who has multiple season tickets, though. Big Ching. time, yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm just looking at the schedule because this is the league uh, that Toronto FC plays in. So uh, I was wondering if uh, Messi was going to make his way up to Toronto. It doesn't look like it this season, but Toronto will be playing in Miami on September 20th if you want to plan a little vacation around that. Sure, yeah. Uh, hopefully you planned the vacation already and bought tickets last week. <laughs> yeah. And depending, I, I, it's uh, MLS is a pretty competitive league. I wonder how good Messi will be because he is older. He's late 30s now, I think. He's older, but he just hoisted the World Cup. I mean, in terms of, and it, it's happened before where, where uh, superstars towards the end of their career will migrate over to North America to play a couple seasons. David Beckham did it. Um, but I, th- I would say in terms of guys that are close to the pinnacle of their ability, Messi has got to be at the top of that list in terms of uh, generational superstars that have made the move over to North America. The guy just hoisted the cup. Yeah, yeah, but there was a different. There was a bigger gap in skills when Beckham came over. You know, fifteen years ago, he was a very evidently a, a better boy. Yeah, and uh, Messi still. The, maybe the greatest of all time. So I'm, sh- I just, I just, it's going to be interesting to see if he can score, you know, three goals a game, yeah. or, if, or if he can score every game, which would be amazing too. Or but. if Inter Miami is going to be winning like twenty to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that, but you never know. American football scores possibly. Sure. Messi to Miami, big news.